Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We're studying protology and eschatology. We're studying how the very first things in the Bible reflect the very last things in the Bible. And this is part two of our study in Genesis. And by way of quick review, you might want to listen to the entire previous episode, 213, as well as listening to this one, 214, because there's a lot here. It's very significant because Genesis 2 is a lens to a lot of what goes on through the Bible, through the prophets in the Old Testament, way through to the very ending chapters of the book of Revelation. By way of quick review, in Genesis 2, we have the first time the covenant name for God is being used because he's establishing a divine covenant with our first parents. And also, in the same chapter, not by coincidence, the first marriage covenant occurs at the end of the chapter. Why is this? Well, it's the marriage covenant and the divine covenant are deeply interrelated and reflect each other. And we learn that in the second chapter of the Bible. That's the protology. And then we went to the end of the Bible for the eschatology, Revelation 21.2, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And so the second coming of the church is styled, the covenant, the church is the people in covenant with its Savior, Jesus Christ, is styled in the symbolism of marriage, a bride adorned for her husband. Now, when things go bad, and things go from bad to worse to horrible to unimaginable before this occurs, before Revelation 21, there's a great falling away of the world's peoples. And we read in Revelation 17, describing this falling away, then one of the seven angels said to me, come and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who is seated upon many waters. And this this world system in rebellion to God is styled as a prostitute, a harlot, a whore. It's the opposite of a faithful, pure, chaste bride. And upon many waters means the world's population. It means large populations with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Now, it's using a term of abusing that gift that should only be in the marital bond, uh, but it's talking about something in rebellion to God, not to a spouse, but it's using these words because uh, the idea of a harlot for fornicator or an adulterer, it's the opposite of being faithful in marriage. Now, the place in the Bible where the connection between this bad side of this reflection is in the book of Hosea. It's the place in the Bible where you see God's teaching us that there is a profound connection between apostasy and adultery, and adultery and apostasy. 
And by way of personal note, this isn't just um, theoretical stuff for me. Uh, I was preaching as a Protestant pastor in the book of Hosea when God intervened in my ministry. Um, It didn't end that day, but the mechanism was put in place to end within a number of weeks and within not that long a time to enter the Catholic Church. It was Hosea for me, and it was because of seeing that lens of protology in Genesis 2, realizing there's that connection between the divine covenant and the marriage covenant. And unfortunately, Hosea had exhibit A in his own family life, in his own marriage life, what God was trying to say to the nation Israel. This is what the English Standard Version says in its study Bible about Hosea. Hosea has been called the deathbed prophet of Israel. Why is that? Well, he was the last prophet to prophesy before the northern kingdom, the northern part, uh, fell to Assyria in 722. So this, this was the last shot. God was trying to show them that something They were on thin, thin, thin ice, and they were actually in apostasy. And of course, you know, if you're living and you're the chosen people, yeah, we know we're not living the way we're supposed to. We're putting up with things we're not supposed to, but, you know, we're okay with God. No, we are not. And Hosea's wife, who sold herself as a prostitute, Hosea used that illustration, and God did, to show that this was the state of the nation Israel. Now, the interesting thing, if you want to kind of bring this home to the modern world, Hosea's ministry followed a golden age in this northern kingdom. They had peace and prosperity. Wow. But many of us cannot handle prosperity because it leads to, in a society, moral decay. And so Israel forsook God and went to idols. They committed apostasy and adultery. And so the prophet Hosea's wife, who is literally a harlot, the prophet's wife went and sold herself as a prostitute. This is exactly what God reveals to St. John in Revelation 17 that the world system prior to the coming of Christ will be like a great harlot. And the great harlot, notice, it's not like these people were born with seven generations of atheists to fall away, to become this unfaithful. You have to first be in some type of relation or covenant with God. There's seriousness here is is incredible because it's without excuse. Now, bring this home. Right after the apostolic exhortation, Amoris Laetitia, was published a few years ago, I got a call from Father C. Father C was a friend. He was also the theological advisor to the Family Life Center. In his past, he headed a seminary very well-read, well-grounded, solid Orthodox priest. And he called me right after the publication of this apostolic exhortation. Father C. knew my conversion story and basically how I discovered the Catholic faith through the lens of the divine 
and marriage covenants. And he knew, primarily through the witness of St. John Paul II, the Pope of the family, and what he said about the marriage covenant and about ways you go wrong with it was my light. It was my beacon. And uh, I didn't grow up thinking this. Um, I didn't uh, specialize this in seminary. Uh, It was just one of these things. I literally felt that I was hit over the head, not with a two by four, but with a four by four. I mean, smacked because this was so radical and it jarred me out of the Protestant pastorate, basically, and set me on the path to come into the Catholic Church. Now, why did Father C. call me the morning after Amoris Laetitia was was put out? Well, in that apostolic exhortation, which has many nice things to say, many, many nice things to say, it has a recommendation of giving the Eucharist to people living in an active state of adultery. And this was a radical break in the Catholic faith and a departure from the teaching of Jesus Christ. So why did Father C. call me? Because he knew that I knew it was a crystal clear sign of the church in danger of falling into apostasy. It's one of the worst days of my life right now to have to say this. But in places where the Catholic Church is promoting wherever, whenever, and by whoever, adopting and promoting that the Eucharist is given to adulterers have fallen into apostasy. This is the clear sign. And I I really wish that this fact was kind of hazy. This is one of these things you really can't be certain about. This is one of these things that's very difficult to discern. And I realize there's endless ink spilled over the publication of this apostolic exhortation. I know there's all kinds of people making excuses for it who are good people, and many of these people are my friends, but it's clear as a bell. When you talk about living in adultery— Okay, that's breaking the marriage covenant, but yet you can have the Eucharist, which is the most intimate and key sign of the divine covenant, you have something really going wrong. That is as bad as Hosea's wife going and selling herself into prostitution. So what happened, my ministry crisis, I ended up leaving my pastorate on January 1st, my sermon in Hosea was towards the end of October, and I just was seeking some path ahead because I felt very alone. I thought, well, am I the only person living? Because I saw this in the church fathers. There's no mistake about this in the church fathers. Very, very clear. The church councils, but then I came across this, quote, The way to the Eucharist can only be granted to those who, repenting of having broken the sign of the covenant and of fidelity to Christ, are sincerely ready to undertake a way of life that is in no longer in contradiction to the indissolubility of marriage. Besides this, there is another special pastoral reason. 
if these people were admitted to the Eucharist, the faithful would be led in error. That was written by St. John Paul II. It was his apostolic exhortation, Familiaris Consortio. It was section 84. It was the precise section of that apostolic exhortation that flipped me from being a wandering pilgrim, wondering which of the 20,000 churches is really the true one, to saying this is it, and even with the pressures of the 20th century coming against the rock, he stood firm. And then we see a 180 turn, sometimes sneak, snuck in through a footnote or something like that, for Amoris Laetitia, where it advocates giving the Eucharist, the sign of the divine covenant, to those who are living in a state of adultery, breaking the marriage covenant, if that is advocated and practiced and promoted and accepted, that's what the Bible calls apostasy. This is very serious stuff. And the implications of this, one professor called this a theological atomic bomb. He also lost his professorate for criticizing Amoris Laetitia. But he said, if this can be justified, the entire structure, the moral structure of the Catholic Church can come down because if it can be justified for one mortal sin, uh, what others can be justified? And it's a dangerous territory. You know, my hope is that the church recognizes that she's in danger. And unlike ancient Israel that didn't listen to Hosea, they would listen to St. John Paul II. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 214 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy, visit us online at luke21.com.